It's time for Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, inviting the atheist, agnostic, and skeptic to examine for themselves the evidence for the Christian faith. We are all limited by what we do not know and by the things we think we know but are not true. Dr. Joe Mott earned his Ph.D. at LSU and was a distinguished math professor at Florida State University for 38 years, helping to write three math textbooks and authoring over 30 research articles in math. He is now the host of this radio program, Defending and Commending the Faith. Here is Joe Mott. Relativism is a prevailing idea now in our culture. But in episode 44, I showed relativism is self-defeating. In episode 45, I listed nine dire consequences of relativism. In episode 46, I answered five counterattacks against absolute truth. But the question still remains, can truth be known? People today often say we can't know truth. Others claim we can know some truth, but not about the big things like the existence of God, religion, or social issues like morality and sexual matters. Both notions are contrary to the historic view of absolute truth, the Christian view. In recent episodes of this program, I have discussed the nature of truth and affirmed that it is best described as correspondence to reality. This is called the correspondence theory of truth. It means a statement is true if the content of the statement corresponds to a fact in the real world. For instance, the statement... The Spanish man with a goatee mustache is driving the school bus is true if indeed there actually is a Spanish man with a goatee mustache driving the school bus and false otherwise. To deny this understanding of correspondence, you have to use this understanding. Two main competing theories of the nature of truth, pragmatism, and coherence have disabling difficulties. Christianity claims to describe truths about creation, history, and God's plan for humanity. These descriptions presuppose that statements can be true. It is assumed that truth can be known. So how do we respond to people who disagree? We might ask the skeptic, what do you mean by saying truth is unknowable? He may give one of four claims. First, he might claim that all truth is unknowable. Second, he may answer that truth is relative to people, circumstances, or times. Third, He may not deny the possibility of all truth, but only truth claims about God, religion, or morality. Or fourth, he may doubt if he can know anything. So we can respond along one of four avenues. First, it cannot be true that all truth is unknowable. For example, 
the 18th century German philosopher Immanuel Kant made that claim. His very statement sets forth a principle that it violates. So his claim is self-defeating. It is claiming to no truth about reality that says we cannot know anything about reality. Second, relativism, you recall, denies all absolutes. It either affirms that relativism is absolutely true, in which case there is at least one absolute, namely that absolutes absolutely do not exist. So this view is self-defeating. Or it is claiming its view is just another relative statement, in which case relativism is not absolutely true. So why follow it? Besides that, it can be demonstrated that some truths are known. For instance, the interlocutor's existence can be known because he must exist to say that we can't know truth. Similarly, mathematical conclusions, geographical facts, and historical events can be known with certainty. It can be confirmed that 4 plus 4 equals 8. That Chicago, Illinois, is north of St. Louis, Missouri. That Thomas Jefferson was the third president of the United States. Third, to those who deny the knowability of truth regarding morality, God, and religion, we can ask, why do you place those subjects into a separate category? How do you justify the inconsistency of divorcing them from truth while keeping mathematics, science, and history in the realm of truth? Issues about God and spiritual matters either correspond to reality or they don't. Thus, they are subject to inquiry just like other topics. They can be investigated just as math, science, or history, even if by different methods. Most people who say morality, religion, and God are unknowable are just repeating a trendy phrase and have not thought through the issue. Fourth, the famous philosopher David Hume was one who doubted all truth is knowable. He was a skeptic. But this fails because either it is self-defeating by claiming we should be skeptical of everything, including skepticism, or it assumes the conclusion as a premise. That is, it begs the question. By claiming doubt is the only thing that should not be doubted. Rene Descartes observed that doubt leads to certainty about some topics. In a culture that attacks the nature of truth, believers should be able to defend it. The viability of Christianity stands or falls upon the fundamental concept that truth exists and we can know it. Each Christian is called upon to demolish arguments and every pretension raised up against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. 
That's found in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. So then, what exactly is knowledge? There are several different types of knowledge. They include acquaintance knowledge, for example, I know Tallahassee well. Ability knowledge, I know how to play tennis. And propositional knowledge, I know that eagles are birds. The first two types are interesting, but philosophy has chiefly been concerned with the third type, what it is to know a proposition. Propositional knowledge is a certain type of belief. We anticipate that knowledge requires something more than belief. We expect it needs to be a true belief. We know there is no necessary connection between what people believe and the truth. Human beings believe many things, but unfortunately, much of these things turn out to be false. According to a 1997 Washington Post survey, a majority of the U.S. population believes that space aliens have visited Earth. But the fact that so many people believe this does not make it true. If you've ever browsed a popular tabloid newspaper such as the National Enquirer, you know that many people read and believe stories that have little to do with the truth. I have some acquaintance that swear that professional wrestling is not fake. Believing something is easy. There are no rules for what you can believe. You can believe something outlandish like you are the reincarnation of Abraham Lincoln or of Elvis Presley. There is no end to what people can believe. It doesn't follow that what is believed is true just because somebody believes it. If it did, then I could make any claim true simply by believing it. For example, I could say, I am a multi-billionaire, or I can fly, or I am smarter than Stephen Hawking. But my believing it doesn't make it true. Just like my saying that I deny something doesn't make it false. There is no connection between what people believe without evidence and the truth. In order to establish a link between belief and truth, we need to be selective about what beliefs we accept. Although many beliefs can be far removed from truth, other beliefs seem to have an appropriate connection to the way the world really is. I see lightning in the sky, and as a result of my observation, I anticipate that I will hear thunder in the near future. In this situation, I have good reasons to assume that my belief is true. When a belief is appropriately linked to the truth, the belief is classified as knowledge. The central task of epistemology is to clarify conditions under which our beliefs can be considered to be instances of knowledge. Epistemologists attempt to find an understanding of knowledge that is universal and can be applied to all propositions. I have said that knowledge is a certain type of belief. 
But knowledge is more than belief. For example, right now you can say, I am listening to a radio program. But it seems plausible that you could just as easily have said, I know that I am listening to a radio program. This implies that some beliefs are instances of knowledge. But how can we find out for sure that a belief is actually a case of knowledge? What features must beliefs have in order to count as knowledge? It is apparent that we trust some beliefs more than others. Nobody can know that 2 plus 3 equals 7. You might believe it if you are confused by numbers, but you cannot know it. Why? Because you can determine 2 plus 3 is actually 5 and not 7. You can believe that Los Angeles is on the Atlantic seaboard, but you cannot know it because it's false. It is near the Pacific seaboard. Similarly, we wouldn't think a false belief could be classified as knowledge. In other words, knowledge requires truth. We thus have found a necessary condition for knowledge. A belief can be an instance of knowledge only if the belief is true. Thus, knowledge includes true belief. Are there still other conditions? Suppose you were a contestant on a quiz show and were asked to name the Greek city-state that defeated the Persians in the Battle of Marathon. Suppose you have absolutely no clue what the answer is, but you guess Athens because it is the only Greek city which you know the name for. This is the true answer, but you did not know it. So what did you need to know it was the right answer? Plato gives us the clue. In his dialogue, Theaetetus, Plato conducts an investigation into knowledge. His conclusion is that knowledge is true belief with a logos, that is, with a rational account or evidence or reasons why the belief is true. Thus, according to Plato, knowledge is simply justified true belief, or JTB for short. These three agreed-upon conditions, known as the tripartite theory of knowledge, can be viewed in our mind as a triangle where the three vertices are labeled belief, truth, justification. The tripart theory of knowledge treats the three conditions as necessary and sufficient conditions for knowledge. Thank you for listening to Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, a production of Wave 94 Radio in Tallahassee, Florida. If you have any questions or comments for Joe, please forward them to Doug Apple at Wave 94 at this email address, dougapple at wave94.com. And be sure to join us every Monday evening at 6.45 p.m. on Wave 94 and subscribe through your favorite podcast app, Defending and Commending the Faith, 
with Joe Mott. 